Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast show with me, Michael Tinkster. We are on a mission to share what Maverick leaders know and do to build businesses that deliver strong results and positive impact on people, society, and the planet. Thank you to our brand partner, BizSimply, for sponsoring this episode. BizSimply is the all-in-one workforce management software that enables your business to become more efficient and profitable. The software designed and built by hospitality experts to enhance the way shift-oriented operators manage their business, optimize their entire people journey, and making every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, how we grow, and how we serve our customers. Together, we wanted to share strategies and tools to make the industry thrive long-term. Every morning, we would have a morning breakout meeting uh, before our days started. So whenever uh, you came into your shift and we would kind of just remind ourselves like, hey, we're at Walt Disney World. This is your job. You're living your dream right now. You know, it's a huge honor to work at Walt Disney World. And just remembering that and remembering that, you know, you're there to help the guests that are here. You're there to make sure they have a great time. Uh, while also maintaining uh, safety values and also providing them a good experience. This is Ashley Gottfried, a professor at Augustus Escoffier's School of Culinary Arts, one of the top culinary schools in the world. Ashley has an extensive background in resource management for some great companies like Disney. Ashley and I connected the first time over LinkedIn, and it became clear to me that her passion for hospitality and understanding how to build a great employee and customer experience needed to be shared with you all. We get deep insights into what she learned being with Disney and how she's gone from a senior leadership position in hospitality to education. And we also discuss how Esco Souvier is ensuring the next generation are prepared for the new era of hospitality. If you like today's episode, it will mean the world to me. If you can leave a review of the show on either our website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the better the reviews, the better the guests, and ultimately, the better the learning is for you. This conversation will make you reflect on your leadership behaviors and how those impact the customer experience. Enjoy. Today we will embark on an interesting conversation um, because I think actually I was thinking about us preparing for this and then I look back in the interviews and I think we never actually really had had, I wouldn't call it an academic lens, but I can take an academic lens and look at hospitality management and we actually really haven't had anyone on the show and then somebody reached out to me, I think it was LinkedIn, uh, Ashley, today's guest reached out and um, She's actually done this really interesting transition from being out there in the front line where many of you guys are and doing hospitality management, actually going in to a learning environment and now delivering this at, you know, one of the most famous schools, uh, Augustus Escoffier's School of Culinary Arts, and uh, it's trying to help the industry getting better at every level, but actually creating better leaders and future talent this industry and i thought that would be a super interesting conversation because we sometimes forget a bit about 
there's actually places where we can go and actually learn stuff and become better either early in our career or further down in our career here in hospitality. So, so welcome to the show, Ashley. It's a great pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So to set up the, the already told that, you know, you, you're not just teacher or lecturer or professor all your life. You've actually been out there in the real world before you went into actually helping others getting better at the craft of hospitality. So can you talk a bit about, it would be interesting for the guests in, from the context point of view, a bit about your journey and the interesting companies you work with, and then how you ended up deciding that you will leave the, you know, the more front line of the industry and actually become into the role of learning people stuff about hospitality. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I have always been in love with hospitality in the industry. I am from Orlando. So I grew up in the heart of tourism in America. Uh, so going to the theme parks and having annual passes growing up just got me started loving the hospitality industry and tourism. And so um, actually my first job when I was 15 in high school was at SeaWorld Orlando. And so I started working at a theme park right away. And I just loved it so much. I loved meeting people from all around the world. I loved talking with the guests and providing great customer service. And that really got me started thinking about a future career in hospitality. Uh, so as I went on, I always worked in hospitality. And then when I got to college, I took a intro to hospitality class as an elective just to see what it would be like. Again, I loved it so much and I changed my major to hospitality management. And so I went on to graduate from the University of Central Florida, the Rosen College of Hospitality Management uh, with a degree in event management. And then I had started working at Westgate Resorts, which is one of the largest privately owned timeshare companies in the world. And I started off as a frontline employee in the recreation department. And over the course of six years, I um, just kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. I worked in uh, as a supervisor role, and then I worked in human resources as a um, human resources representative. And then I became the director of the recreation department there and did that for a few years. I loved it, but I decided I had reached my goals. That was my goal going into college. I wanted to be the director of a recreation department at a resort. So I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree at the University of Central Florida Rosen College. So I have a master's degree in hospitality and tourism management as well. And I knew I, some, I somehow wanted to get into higher education at some point in my career. Uh, but I wanted to get more experience. So I uh, ended up leaving Westgate and went to Walt Disney World, uh, where I became a management intern. Uh, so it was the fastest way to get into management was to become an intern with the company. I was during my time when I was going back to school for my master's degree. So I was eligible to get in with the company as an internship. And uh, after that, I got, again, I kept getting promoted. Um, and over the course of five years, I became a recreation manager. And then I was a front desk manager. Uh, and then I was a resort duty manager, which is kind of like the manager on duty for the whole resort. 
the acting general manager, uh, if you will, while the general manager is away, everything is reported up to that team. Uh, so I was, you know, one of the highest uh, managers on property. Uh, so that was a huge goal of mine to get to that position. And I loved it so much. It was so fun. And I learned so much working at Walt Disney World. And then COVID happened. So COVID hit. And um, I experienced and went through like a lot of hospitality industry workers did at this time. Um, I got furloughed from my job in the industry. And then later on, I got let go. When Walt Disney World let go, 28,000 employees in Florida. So I did end up losing my position with Walt Disney World. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I was like terrified, just terrified of what was going to happen and what I was going to do. I didn't even know what like furlough meant before this. I'd never heard of furlough before. And so I ended up I thinking, don't think anyone had. Yeah, I had to Google it. Like, what is what does it mean that I'm furloughed? What does this do? And so um, this was definitely a new experience. I never thought this would ever happen in the hospitality industry. Uh, never thought we would get hit this hard. Uh, so it was really a learning experience that I went through that. And then I was trying to figure out, you know, like, what's the next step? What am I going to do? Uh, so I just um, started doing some research on uh, schools and maybe like where I could teach uh, because I had this dream to get into higher education at some point in my career. And I thought, you know, I have had over 10 years of management experience, almost 20 years in the industry so far. I have all this knowledge and maybe I can share it with others. So I ended up finding Escoffier School of Culinary Arts. They were hiring for online remote professors. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, looks perfect for me. Uh, they're hiring for hospitality management uh, instructors. So I ended up applying and I started teaching with Scoffier in January of 2021 and really haven't looked back since then. Um, started just diving into the world of higher education now. It's really, really interesting because like it's like, you know, a bit the universe gave you that opportunity as you know, you found yourself in the worst crisis and you probably learned that sometimes when you have your worst crisis, the biggest opportunity comes suddenly uh, if you keep your eyes open. I think it's really fascinating. You knew from, from an outset as well what you wanted to go and do with it. Um, but we go a bit back to, you know, you know, Disney. Like people are always fascinated. There's lots of great books and Disney. They often used a lot i uh, i spent most of my career at mcdonald's and we looked a lot on disney on the whole service model what we could learn from disney and how we bring that into mcdonald's and so on so what is like if we just start there and then we'll go in to talk about escoffier in in a second um but what what was like the main learnings you took out of that journey because you you, you took a long journey of and it was a huge it must have been a huge responsibility to run a resort like that. I've, I've been to Disneyland it's not a small operation it's 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 probably I don't know if there's 10 or 20 restaurants just within that resort um and all other kind of things uh theme park stuff in there but but what like what's your what was your main learning as you were growing up through that system and within that culture I mean, the main thing is guest service. Everything revolves around guest service at Disney because without the guests, you don't have your business. Uh, so we need the guests to keep coming back and essentially spending their money at Disney to keep Disney in business. 
Uh, so everything was all about the guest experience. Uh, we, when we were making decisions, uh, everything stemmed from safety first and then the guests. So uh, just making sure that everything was running properly, uh, the experience was as magical as it could be. Uh, you know, when you are little or when you're at home and you're traveling to Disney and you see these commercials about Walt Disney World or Disneyland, and they kind of paint this picture for you. And you think like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm gonna take my family to Disney and we need to try and recreate those commercials for them there. Uh, we want them to have these magical memories uh, because you wanna create the experience and really what, you know, sometimes they may be taking home souvenirs, but really what they're taking home is these memories that last a lifetime. And that's, that's what people pay money for. When they come to Disney, they're making memories with their family or their friends. And so you want to make sure you and you keep that up and you ensure that the memories are happening. It's a magical time and they're going to keep coming back because of that. As you now you've gone into the world of education, higher education, like what have you like, what do you feel like? And I know it's still probably quite new that journey, but like well, one of the things you really are taking with you from the real world into that because there's always this you know the academic world where you learn the theory is so disconnected with the practical world but what have you been trying to take within there because i guess you still have a leg in each part of the world there yeah definitely i'm still uh, connected to the industry because my husband is a manager at disney still so uh, my husband did not get laid off uh, during COVID. So he is still a cast member at Walt Disney World. He's a manager at one of the resorts. So I still get to know everything that's happening still. I still get to go to Disney weekly because we have passes and um, I'm still involved in the industry through him, which is amazing. Um, but what I've tried to bring into my classroom is like you were saying, kind of the disconnect between the theory and like the real world. Um, I bring my real world experience, uh, which I think is very unique because when I was in school, when I was in college, you know, when you're learning, you're sitting in the classroom, I feel like we learned a lot out of the textbooks, which is fine. And it's like you said, great theories to learn. But, you know, I was terrified when I got into my first management job and I had to deal with my first angry guest and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to talk to this angry guest and how was I gonna handle that? I was so nervous, I was so scared because no one taught me in my college classes in hospitality how to talk to an angry guest and how to solve the problems. So that's what I'm trying to teach our students is these real world examples. And this is what you could be dealing with. You know, we teach in one of my classes, we teach how to write an online review, like how you to respond to an angry online review on a, like a Yelp page or a TripAdvisor page, which is something that every business owner needs to know how to do because no matter how perfect your operation is, you might, you know, you might get an angry review sometime or bad review as much as you don't want it to happen, but you need to know how to handle it. Um, so we're trying to teach these real world examples and let the students go out into the industry knowing what to do, not just learning from a textbook. You're learning from someone who's already done what, done that, already had experience with that. And that was really interesting as I was doing my research as well, looking at the school and 
the background of the school and the purpose of the school. So maybe you could talk a bit, we, you can give the audience a bit of an idea about, because uh, maybe not everybody knows about the school, but it's very famous. Uh, but talk a bit about, you know, the story of the school, what exactly the foundation of it and what type of programs the school runs, because it's extremely focused on hospitality. Yeah, definitely. So uh, if you have never heard of Chef Escoffier before, he's the our namesake for our school. Uh, he's a famous French chef. Um, he's actually called like the father of chefs, basically. Um, so he kind of started the chef movement in France. And um, he did invent about 5,000 different recipes that were published in a, a culinary cookbook back in the day. Um, and he also is the one who invented uh, the brigade system for the kitchen. Uh, so he had a military background. And this was back in the day when uh, cooks would come to work drinking, drunk, smoking, um, not really caring about their jobs. And he kind of whipped them into shape and created this brigade system where everything was very organized in the kitchen. Everyone had their own stations that they were working at, and it improved efficiency a lot in the kitchen, and he's uh, credited for that. And he also created the mise en place, which is when you uh, are creating a recipe and you gather all your ingredients together first, and then you start uh, cooking your dish. So he's also credited for that as well. Um, so Escoffier, how we were born, uh, our founder, Jack Larson, uh, he wanted to create a school um, that would kind of uh, be able to teach culinary uh, with smaller class sizes and eventually become an online culinary school uh, so that more people could access this knowledge. Uh, so he was interested in Chef Escoffier, Auguste Escoffier. So he reached out to Chef Escoffier's uh, great-grandson, out in France and asked if it would be okay to use his name and if he wanted to get involved with the school he was trying to create. Uh, so Michel Escoffier is actually on our advisory board um, and he also helps contribute to the school's mission um, for his grandfather's, great-grandfather's name. Uh, so Escoffier was opened in 2011. We actually have two what we call ground campuses in America. Uh, so we have one in Texas and one in Colorado. These are on-campus schools. And then we have our online programs as well, uh, where you can attend culinary school from anywhere uh, in America. And it's 100% online. And a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, how are you teaching culinary school online? Uh, because you're not actually in the kitchen together. You're not with your chef instructors, your professors. Um, but we have these, we have, you know, we have a lot of technology at our um, hands available to us. So uh, we teach live sessions every week, like a normal school where you attend class. And then when these students are doing their uh, culinary or baking and pastry assignments, uh, they upload photos step by step of all of their creations and they get critiqued on them and we give them uh, video feedback on all of their assignments actually. And um, we have a lot of different programs available for students. So we have uh, culinary programs, we have baking and pastry programs, 
And then we also have a lot of programs that are uh, new, they're up and coming. Um, we follow the trends in the industry as well. So we have our hospitality and restaurant management program, which is the classes that I teach. Uh, so a lot of management programs. And then we also do, um, we have a new program that's plant-based. So, you know, plant-based is very up and coming. Um, a lot of chefs are interested in learning how to create plant-based dishes for their menus, for their restaurants, because so many people nowadays are requesting to see that on the menus. They're looking for these healthier options. Uh, so that's my favorite new program. And then we also have a new food entrepreneurship program too. So learning how to be a business owner and go out into the world and start your own business in the future as well, which is what a lot of our students are looking to do. It's super interesting. A lot, a couple of things there, you know, especially around the plant base, which is not just a, a consumer trend. It's also a trend that needs to happen to transition the 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 whole food system in the right direction. We need, you know, to eat more plants uh, and better quality meat. And, and that's the whole thing about like it's really interesting because most people I met that's really in hospitality and stay there. They actually want to. They're doing it because they want to start their own business typical rundown restaurants in a way and i think like there's often been a missing link in the from an educational point of view because the entrepreneurial journey is a rough journey because i've gone from very corporate world into the entrepreneur world and i i think what kept me alive was that my mom was an entrepreneur so i've been in it and i had some re a really good mentor to, to help me on the way, which was, was just a phone call away and very easy to ask questions. I think lots of people, this foundation about understanding a business plan, the financials, how to raise money, um, and that your biggest job is actually to turn no's into yes, which is a, it's a quite a tough toll. So I think that's really, really interesting. You're focusing on that at school. But coming back to Augustus Escoffier, uh, it's quite interesting. I was talking with somebody totally random a couple of days ago, having lunch with him. And I've been doing this work with somebody in the kitchen. And I think he was second in command. And I asked him who his inspiration was like for being a chef. And he, he mentioned Augustus. I thought that, that's insane. You know, like not many know him because he is in principle, the, as you say, the father of chefs or the king of chefs, as people call him as well. And he is actually, you know, still, when you go into the kitchen today, his principles are still the one we do. There's no one else that has come up with something that has revolutionary the whole way we cook and we prepare in a professional context. So it's really, really interesting. Um, and it came up as we were having this conversation today. I thought that was really interesting. What is the um, what is what is like your mission then? Like because it's really interesting. You're taking this journey, and now you are helping other people to get better and maybe get the tools you didn't have. I think that's often how we we do things in life. We want to give people the better opportunity that we didn't have ourselves. But what's like your mission then, as you join the world of education? Um, and what would you like to see happen? Yeah, so I think of my mission as just using my personal experiences and knowledge in the industry with my years and years of management at some of the world's top companies. I mean, Walt Disney World, I learned so much there and I'm so grateful for my time there. So I want to be able to take what I've learned and bring it into the classroom to help our future leaders of hospitality as they go out into the industry. Yeah. And how do we actually 
because it's a really challenging time we're in as an industry and how do you actually help these students to prepare be be ready for these you know challenges and opportunities they they are faced with because uh, i think you know everybody says this because of course we've never seen anything else because there's never been this situation before but like how do we help them get ready for this because it couldn't be tougher in my view to enter this industry than it is now yeah i agree it is um, a little bit of a rough time for hospitality because we got hit so hard uh, but i think everything is bouncing back uh, coming back stronger hopefully and uh, some of these students you know have never worked in the industry before and they've just they're choosing hospitality as their college degree and they might not have experience or they might not have a lot of experience before um, but they're passionate about service they're passionate about food or the culinary industry and they want to get into the industry um, so i think there are a lot of opportunities right now uh, that may not have been there in the past so lots of opportunities for growth or new businesses which is really great so it can be a good time to get into the culinary industry um, but just sharing those real world experiences and knowledge i think really helps the students prepare themselves so they know what to expect when they get out into the real world and you know they know what to do uh, they have some training they have some learnings and that they can kind of take with them in the future hopefully we'll be back in a moment after a word from our brand partner be simply and one of their customers goldex investment group they operate costa coffee and caspar's franchises as well as workspaces now it's over to bot Hemarshandra, their head of operations the biggest win with Bisimply was freeing up the store manager uh, from the workload they have for the week. Scheduling and payroll plays a, a big part in the business. Obviously, it, it was taking over four hours a week for them before using Excel templates. They have to create the schedule beginning of the week, and they'd have to finalize at the end of the week uh, for payroll purposes, which was taking around four hours, like I said. Now, I think with Bisimply, we managed to reduce it down to 30 minutes or less. All they have to do is just finalize the, the payroll at the end of the week by pressing a button. It's that simple. So it saves us around three and a half hours a week per store. And that's the biggest win we've had uh, with Simply. What in, in the world they're coming out to these, what, what do you see is one of the, you know, there's many challenges and pressures, but what is in your view with your huge background and still you have a, an ear on the industry I can hear in real life feedback. What is like the pressing challenge that, you know, really is there and, you know, you would like to see in principle be sold with a magic wand? Yeah, I think uh, rising costs in the industry and just in the world overall is one of the most pressing issues um, that I've noticed, especially here in America. Um, so we're dealing with a lot of inflation going on. So uh, you know, businesses are having to spend more to get their products. Uh, so their costs are going up and they may be having to increase prices uh, for their customers, uh, which is never good for the customer in their opinion. Um, but being able to keep and gain those customers, so get new people into your business and keep them coming back, 
I think is probably what businesses sh should focus on right now. So work on providing a really great experience for your guests, for your customers, so that they will keep coming back even in the face of rising costs. You know, people are being very kind of stingy with where they're spending their money now, I think, because, uh, you know, we're dealing with inflation, uh, maybe like a little bit of recession talk going on over here in America uh, right now. So I think that's a big thing. You need to be able to convince your customers to spend money in your business and make sure you have their trust that when they spend money at your business, they feel value in it. They feel like they're getting their money's worth out of the product that you're giving them. Um, so it's kind of hard, especially in the culinary industry, because the product that you're giving them, you know, it's consumed right away. Uh, you eat your meal and then, you're, and then you leave the business. Uh, you don't really take anything home with you. You know, you might have a little doggy bag, but that's probably going to get thrown away or eaten the next day. Uh, so it's not something that's like a, a tangible product that you take home with you and you use for a long time. So you have to make sure that your customers feel value in the money that they're spending with you so they will come back to your business again. I think it's, it's really interesting because like lots of people on the show have talked about the um, up to now. And I think in the last couple of weeks when I've asked a similar question around this, it's like it, it's always been the staffing thing. And now exactly the the cost pressure where, you know, even though inflation is, in Europe is definitely starting to plateau, but it probably, I think the realization is it's gone so high, it will probably never be come back to where it is. So what did that mean for your business model and the experience you have to create? And that really comes back to your work with Disney is really come back to what kind of culture do you need to build to deliver? that and it comes back to that probably if you build the right culture you also solve your people problems at the same time or challenges um and then it's like quite some meaty challenges these leaders are up against in in the coming years so i think you you're absolutely right um what about technology because it'd be interesting with your your journey from out from the real world into education, like, and there's a lot of talk about technology can change the perspective of the industry. What is, what is your view on technology and the power it will have in, in hospitality? Yeah, so I like how you also just mentioned the staffing issues because we're also still experiencing that. And I do think of that as one of the biggest issues as well. But I think that technology might be able to help with that in the future. So the automation of tasks might be able to be completed by technology. So that could help with the staffing issue that a lot of businesses are facing. And they could also save money that way as well with the rising costs going on. So being able to utilize new technologies uh, to maybe, you know, have touchless orders uh, so you don't have to have a cashier at the front all the time uh, maybe you do touchless uh, transactions uh, automated processes with that uh, so you can save some money on staffing uh, maybe you were pressed with not being able to find someone to staff that position in the first place because you know the cost of living is going up people are expecting higher wages right now too they need higher wages 
And it's very difficult for small businesses, especially to be able to, to pay those competitive wages, uh, pay for their products with the rising costs that are going on, and then still have good customer and good customer service and providing the experience. It's all just a, a lot going on right now. So I'm hoping that maybe businesses can utilize the technology that's coming out to help with that. Uh, you know, one of my favorite restaurants to go to in Orlando is a hot pot place where they actually have a robot that seats you. Uh, so uh, when you walk into the restaurant, there's no person, it's a robot. And they've actually utilized the robot technology and hit the little robot's name is Peanut. Um, he's very cute, plays a song as he walks you to your table and then you sit down and at the end, uh, the robot will actually bring you uh, drinks or desserts too. So you can get your drinks delivered on the robot and your desserts too. So they've, they're utilizing technology very well in that business because uh, they've eliminated maybe like one or two staffing positions uh, through this robot, which I thought was so cool. And it's so fun too. The robot has its own social media account because people love it so much. That's really interesting. Almost, so they almost the robot gets very close to the human experience, exactly. And I guess also it doesn't fluctuate in mood. That's a that's one of the interesting <laughs> yes. things I've heard about robots. Well, they, they, they will not have a bad day. You know, they will just be consistent. And I think that's both scary, but also good. But also it means that the people that then give you the human contact maybe actually have the headspace to do the right thing because they're not doing five jobs in one go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What what is it again? Because it, it seems like you know with the challenges we have talked about and the changes that's coming up ahead and all the new things we need to learn, there's a huge pressure on the management and to execute on this and make it happen. And what do you see some of the you know qualities or capabilities that's required for future leaders? Because I get that. In my view, that is changing. That game is totally changing from before where we worked in a bit more. Everybody said it's always been very chaotic, very fast moving in hospitality. But I think it's like very different skill set you need now because the speed has just been 10x and the challenge has been 10x compared to when I started out. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest skills that's important to have now, especially after COVID times, is empathy. Uh, so being able to uh, care and be empathetic towards your employees, uh, like you, like we were just talking about with the staffing issue, uh, one of the challenges is once you get your staff, once you have your employees, you need to retain them too. So being caring towards your employees, being empathetic, creating that really great culture at your workplace to keep your staff, I think is really important. And then also being empathetic towards your guests, too. You never know what someone is going through at, in their own lives. So I always just try and, you know, whenever I'm out or whenever I was working in the industry, uh, you know, providing the best service to everyone uh, because you just never know what they're going through. And so you just always want to be caring and empathetic uh, towards everyone that you encounter. And I think that just makes the business, the customer experience, and just the world better in general, uh, when you're just caring first towards everyone. Um, and I think, especially in hospitality, 
it's really hard to teach the like customer service attitude. Uh, you really have to have that personality to want to work in hospitality because you can you can train someone all day how to do a check-in at the hotel, how to clean a room, how to serve food, how to cook food. Uh, but if they don't want to serve people, you can't really teach that. You have to already kind of have those qualities in you uh, to want to serve and want to be in hospitality. So I think that's really important too. Uh, you know, you can teach someone how to do the job, but to kind of be empathetic and caring and have that really great customer service attitude, that's really hard to train. And it's really interesting. Empathy is, um, for some people, becomes a bit fluffy. But do you have like, you know, if you want to become more, have 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 higher level of empathy. What, what would you be like top advice for leaders to to be training on? Because I think sometimes people struggle a bit about. But I but I I do do these things. But actually, you exactly for me is like a muscle. Like you know, there are some days I'm more empathetic than other days. And and how can you actually become better? What is like your advice? Because I guess you work with a lot in Disney. I guess in your management career, you've learned, you know, you have to, I call it patient as well, like patient with others and strict with yourself, I call it. Yeah. So one thing that helped me when I was working in the industry is every morning we would have a morning breakout meeting uh, before our days started. So whenever uh, you came into your shift and this happened for the AM shift or the PM shift, uh, whichever shift you were on, uh, whoever the manager on duty at that time for that shift was, we would have a morning or afternoon breakout meeting. And we would kind of just remind ourselves like, hey, we're at Walt Disney World. This is your job. You're living your dream right now. You know, it's it's a huge honor to work at Walt Disney World. And just remembering that and remembering that, you know, you're there to help the guests that are here. You're there to make sure they have a great time. Uh, while also maintaining uh, safety values and also, uh, you know, providing them a good experience. So kind of just reminding the employees, the cast members, like, this is what you're here for. Remember where you are. And this is what our goals are for the day. So just daily reminders, I think, help kind of like get you into that mindset before you start your shifts or start your day at work. Uh, And then uh, we at Escoffier, we actually do uh, quarterly trainings um, and we use, it's called Percipio Skillsoft training. uh, And they let us choose whichever uh, classes we want to take refreshing courses on uh, each quarter. And so uh, I usually take some that revolve around like, one is like a professional development and one is like a soft skill development. Uh, So I think those are really helpful too. Uh, And just to like keep up with your training. Uh, So offering your employees those classes or those types of classes, I think would be really great. Um, For management, I think you really need to hire in management that uh, like it kind of exudes these skills that you want to see in your employees so that they can kind of lead the way, um, lead by example and train people to act like like you do, basically. Um, I know when I first started in management at Westgate, I had a really great mentor uh, that was helping me along the way in my first management role. And he was very caring and very empathetic. And so I think I learned a lot of those qualities from him 
as my mentor. And it kind of just like went on throughout my career. And it's really interesting when you have like, you know, your, your first couple of bosses and I was lucky myself to have some really, really good bosses, not just technically, but also quite, you know, good with humans. And one of the things was empathy was one of the things they, they always had time and they always gave people a second chance and they would never, you know, you, you almost saw them. I can remember some almost like, uh, if I go back and the insights have that, there's a bit of religious behavior about them, not because they were actually to any religion or anything, but maybe they just had that kind of almost stoic kind of thing over them. And, um, and I think that that's like a key thing is actually, they not they don't get shaken by anything and they always have time for anyone else and that's not something they given lots of people think you're given that they actually trained that and I, that's what i've learned over the years and that's why it's really interesting you say you have to go back and train these skills retrain i actually just read a book i hadn't read for about um five years uh, i normally go back to the same book it was seven habits by uh, stephen r Corey. And, you know, it's really interesting. That's one of them that you had in there. You have to, you have to listen and understand other people as one of the principles before you can actually under, get your message understand by other people. And that's like, sometimes you forget that in leadership because you're so busy setting direction and you're telling people what to do. You think you're not telling people what you're doing that because you're not really taking time to understand their world and what they're faced. And especially employees has live outside work as well. And if I haven't had those conversations, so, so those really, really interesting just made me think about that as you were saying that. Yeah, I totally agree with what you just said too. Yeah, good, good. What advice would you give somebody, a young person, we imagine that they wanted to pursue a career. We want more people to pursue a career in hospitality because we, we don't have enough of them and we need more talent to build a better and stronger industry for the future. But what would be your advice be to them in today's world? Yeah, so I think... Uh, starting out by doing your research, you know, if you're just going into college or university, uh, maybe uh, taking an elective class in hospitality to get your feet wet and kind of learn a little bit about the industry if that's something you're interested in. Uh, if you have never worked in the industry before, try and reach out to people who are working or have worked in the industry. Uh, maybe you know someone. Uh, try and think about what your dream job would be in the industry and then find someone in that role and talk to them about it and figure out, you know, what was their journey? How did they get to where they are in that dream job that you're looking to have and talk to them about it, figure out, you know, what their favorite thing about their job is, what they wish was different, uh, wish, what they wish they'd done differently. Uh, so I think that would be a really great place to start. I, I think that's uh, that's really really interesting again because it's also like getting real life proof on finding your way into the industry in a way. And there's so many different facets of the industry, like restaurant, resorts, hotels, uh, and you need to find out where you fit and the culture you fit with. I think that's one of the advice I often give to people: find out which culture you want to join. More than if it's a restaurant or hotel, find out what type of culture you really would do well in and where actually you can use your super strengths. Um, how do you actually make sure that, you know, because teaching, um, I've done lots of training myself. Uh, I have a wife, there's a lecturer as well in university. It takes a lot from you because you're giving a lot. And how do you actually make sure 
that it maybe also come from your career as management in a high pressure environment as as Disney. How do you make sure you show up as the best version of yourself? Because I think that's like lots of people are struggling with that, and we all have our small hacks to to manage life. Yeah. So usually every day,、um, I try and think of my students as my guests. So I have a a very guest service mindset from all of my years in hospitality management, especially. It's just like ingrained in me from working at Walt Disney World.、Uh, so I just think of my students as my guests, and、uh, I feel incredibly lucky to have this job and be given this opportunity to share. What I know about the hospitality industry, so I just remind myself, you know, like I am living my dream now. I'm in higher education,、uh, teaching students what I know about the industry and helping them go forward into hospitality. And so I just don't take that for granted, and just remind myself、uh, that you know I have an incredible life and. I just want to provide the best service that I can to the students and make sure that they're getting the most out of the classes that they're taking with me, and just sharing my knowledge, which is a privilege, and I love it. What would be、um, because that's really interesting again because that, that's like you know you you you're setting yourself the mindset every day and actually you you are. The way you're doing this, like, well, as I really thought, was really interesting. Well, you're in service of others, so it's actually bigger than you. So therefore, you just have to show up、uh, as the best version. I really, really like that. I haven't thought about it in that way before because I guess, you know,、um, sometimes we struggle to get out of bed. But if there's something that's bigger than ourselves, then we can go and do it, and we can deliver what we need to deliver.、Um, what is、um, if it comes to companies, you know? If you know there's leaders out there, they really want to build businesses. There's a force for good, and when I talk about force for good, I talk about businesses that does well on all results because we need to make profit. That's evident, but also then make an impact on the people they employ, the community they're part of, and then of course our planet. It's more important than ever. What would your top advice to be to to them with with your experience now, both in in the world of Running hospitality business, but also now learning hospitality to people. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you about the planet and、uh, choosing environmentally friendly, like green options, is definitely growing now. I think if you as a business, if you can afford to do that, then do it.、Uh, so you know, like offering the、uh, compostable materials instead of plastic materials.、Um, I just recently went to. A new restaurant that opened in my area this past week, and they were offering a program where you purchase、uh, your salad bowl, and it's a, a hard plastic bowl. You purchase it, and you bring it back every time you come to the restaurant, and you reuse your same bowl. And as an incentive to do that, you get a free topping in your salad, like a free extra topping.、Uh, so I thought that was a really cool program that they had implemented. At that business、uh, to try and like help with the environmental footprint of their business,、um, you know, trying to do whatever you can to help the environment, I think is great.、Uh, a lot of companies are adding those plant-based menu options to their menus,、uh, which I'm I'm plant-based, so I'm a huge fan of that,、um, and I love to see that.、Um, and then I also think、uh, just as a force for good overall. Uh, you know, like we've been talking about providing that great customer service,、uh, but also treating your employees well too. 
Uh, if you want to keep your employees, you need to treat them well. That's a huge issue going on where uh, companies just can't retain their employees once they're getting them. So uh, treating them well and just starting from there to help your business. Well, really, really interesting the thing you actually took uh, the angle on the, the, the leading with the plants in a way. And I think you talked a bit about just going back to you said there's a lot of shift to want to learn it. I guess also there's like a skill gap of making really tasty plant-based options for people and actually just mastering this you become your business become a force for good because often when i talk with people about getting a force for good and you just reminding me it doesn't mean you need to do the most crazy things exactly all the small things you do and actually if you can learn your business actually to lead with plants doesn't mean to leave out meat but actually become better at cooking with plants more people would eat plants because if they're done right they're super tasty yes totally so not just slapping that impossible burger on your menu uh, because those aren't actually very healthy <laughs> but uh, you know like you said learning to create those really delicious plant-based meals with all of the plants uh, all of the vegetables all of the fruits uh, would be really great to see and that's a great call to action to to um, to to go to the website you will talk about in a moment because you you talked about earlier there's definitely some learning there about how to become better at this so so where can people connect with yourself and where can they find out more information where is the best places to go yeah so connecting with me on linkedin is a really great option and connecting with Escoffier School of Culinary Arts, definitely check out the website. We also have our social media pages as well. Um, but if you wanna learn more about the programs that we offer, uh, definitely check out the website because there are uh, so many different programs being offered through Escoffier. Uh, we also have like a holistic nutrition and wellness program for people who are interested in learning more about that. Uh, the plant-based option is really great because you learn about the culinary and the pastry side of plant-based. So, you know, uh, the culinary side of plant-based might be a little bit easier, but it's it's even harder to make some really delicious plant-based baked goods or pastries or desserts. So uh, it's really great to see those classes being offered and they're very popular as well. Great, great, Ashley. Thank you for that. I send you and the team at Escoffier Power and Energy to try to help make the industry better and give us better talents that can actually make an industry that's both good for finances, for people, community, and the planet. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others, rate, or give a review, or subscribe to one of our channels which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. I believe that reading the right books is key to become a better leader. So I've helped you with a curated list of some of the best books to improve yourself, others, and the organization. Find them on hospitalitymavericks.com. A big thank you to BizSimply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at bitsimply.com or on their socials at bitsimply or bitsimplyhq. You can also email them directly at podcast at bitsimply.com. Thank you to Fina Charlson, who is the show producer from the podcast Collective. 
If you have any ideas and feedback for the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or via my email, michael at hospitalitymavericks.com. I'm Michael Tinkser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick podcast show. Be maverick. <laughs>